Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Happy Friday, Becky. I love Friday. Hey, yeah. y'all. That was like the most Oklahoma <laughs> opening I <laughs> have ever If you needed a done. reminder that we're based in Oklahoma, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so welcome back to part two. We've been talking all things, opportunities and trends that are happening in nonprofit that we just think you can leverage in a powerful way. Definitely need to adopt um, somewhere in your ecosystem. Um, if you didn't listen to last week's, I'd encourage you to start there. We've talked through five of the most impactful trends that we've seen You know, I feel like we're in a really unique seat of the house because we get to have these conversations that truly rock our worlds. We get to be part of these um, mic drop moments and moments for pause that that we really reflect and think, man, that is an idea that's going to be everywhere, you know, as soon as it gets out there, because there's disruptive things happening, people with really innovative ways to rethink how we do our business. So we hope that we're going to lift some of those things for you. And it's more proof to me that we all have something that we can give. We can all impart to the community. And no matter where you are, you are an expert at something. Um, we, we just had a great guest on, Susan McPherson. You know, when that episode will be dropping in the future. But she even says, even if you're a 20-something at your first job, you have something that you can give to someone. And so as we're kind of sitting in these chairs and going through day after day of masterclass of how to innovate, how to empathize, how to storytell, I mean, it, uh, it's just such a gift. And I really hope that the community is getting so much from it. So it's nice to be able to kind of curate that content to the top 10, Absolutely. <laughs> the top 10 giveaways. So you want to dive right into the first one, John? Yeah. So the first one we want to dive into today has just been a narrative that really, you know, became very prominent in 2020 to its rightful place that it should have been for yeah, a really long, long time. Long overdue. Um, and that is a focus on DEI. So you hear this often, but diversity, equity, and inclusion. It is essential and it is not a check the box type of issue. It is essential for growth mindset to have an understanding of how your organization relates and how it has a rightful place in today's world. But it's also what's going to humanize and bring your staff together and bring people to the table that have never had access to the table. And it's going to make your missions brighter, more vibrant. You're going to change your staff as a result of that because it can start to reflect the communities that you're serving and the dig into um, just some of the challenging issues that I think have not been bubbled up to the surface. So DEI is absolutely something that should be integrated into your business. And we've tried to curate some of those conversations here, but we're never going to be done talking about it because we're just starting to scratch the surface of it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not even just something that we talk about. Like we're trying to figure out more ways that we can infuse this mindset into our, our own company. And I think, you know, we just had Kishana Palmer on who is just a force for good in this space. And she is such a great teacher that, is able to come into spaces and even tell someone like, you know, us and, you know, me as a white woman here in the suburbs of Oklahoma, 
what my role is in something like this. And if you didn't get to hear that episode, we dropped it on Monday, but we also put out um, a little um, hack called Four Tips for Recruiting Diverse Fundraising Professionals that Kishana walked us through. It's in our Instagram, it's on LinkedIn, come follow us on social, because I think a lot of people are just saying, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do this. And I think the way that Kishana broke it down is just so palatable and it seems like it's so easy that we can just start making these significant steps that help move our organizations in this way. And it's really about looking around and saying, who we, who are we as an organization and who that's represented here? Is that representative of our mission? And if it's not, we need to take some steps to make it right. I love that. And there's so many actionable steps and Kishana broke some of those down, but I love too, that it always starts with is this actually your goal? Yeah. And I say, if you're on in, in a leadership capacity or whatever seat you're in, take that question forward. How do we make this a goal? And how do we monitor and work toward it? And everyone is involved in it because it's going to take focused effort to change the big ship. And we all are going to have to play our role in that. Absolutely. So the second one is one of my favorites. And for anyone that has ever thought about how we need to massively disrupt corporate America, <laughs> the pan- this is a positive one that the pandemic has created yeah, for us, right? which is we don't we have proven that we don't have to be in the office to be massively productive. And so remote work is really becoming our new normal. And it's providing all these critical savings on operational cost. But it, that that's that's the financial gain. To me, the mental win of this is that staff can have some unexpected work life balance um, by being in their own home. Where and I and I know that also creates some challenges with <laughs> kids doing homeschooling and, and yeah. you know crazy neighbors or whatever it is that's kind of creating white noise for you. But I do think that this could be a real win win for organizations because it's really forced companies all over the world to adapt and to embrace remote work. And some of them are doing it for the short term, but I really think we're going to see a lot of companies that are moving toward doing this permanently. And it's already happened. We were doing some research and um, there were a lot of companies that have switched to what they're calling long-term remote work. Adobe, Mm -hmm. Capital One, Salesforce, Shopify, Aetna, I've got a good friend that works, you know, for the Discovery Channel. And we have just proven that perhaps maybe we can be a little bit more inspired when we're not popping in and having all of these random conversations, you know, or waste time. And we talk a lot about waste. Um, And I just think that remote work has serious and significant benefits um, for both the employer and the employee. Um, and I just, I just love that the pandemic has given us permission to show that that is something that can be our new normal. I agree. It's opened up a whole new level of vulnerability too, I will say, because we get to teleport into people's houses, you know, with their mm-hmm. Zoom calls. But I think the mission can't stop. If the pandemic taught us this, work from home, wherever we're at, don't stop meeting. Don't use that yeah. as a block that I can't fundraise because we can only have a Zoom meeting. That's great. I mean, it's still connection to connection. So leverage that 
and lean into it. I have to tell you, as a as a recovering major gift officer and a control freak, it, it it makes me a little crazy because when you're getting ready to go in and solicit someone, I mean, you have got how you want that conversation to go, like a well-organized dance. And you go into a remote solicitation, I can only imagine the craziness that ensues from being at home. But I also think that there is a gift in that because embrace the humanity of what's going on. I really think it's going to normalize and humanize you as a person and the person on the other line. So we're giving them this little advantage of peeking into our world that they never get to see. Leverage it, be human. And enjoy the yoga pants. I say that, but I, <laughs> I yoga am pants. loving the yoga <laughs> pants. As you know, I bring it up about every four weeks. Okay. The third one, this is something that's not going away either. This is learning how to target and to communicate to different generational groups. So just thinking the one and done, sending one thing that's going to talk speak to every group is so over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got to start thinking of breaking it down. And so the first step of that, I'd say, is generational. Obviously, we can go a lot more granular than that. But how are we speaking and engaging differently with boomers versus Gen Zers? Hint, you're probably set up to talk only to boomers because yeah. that's how it's been for a really long time. But it also means like the, the requests that you're making are going to be different too. It's not just always asking for the gift. There's lots of other ways to engage that other demographics want to engage in in different ways. So putting out those volunteer opportunities, putting out creative ways to engage and to connect with your mission that's not just about the gift. So it's really embracing a whole different viewpoint of how we engage, playing the long game with these generations that are ultimately going to be, you know, those that fund our missions. I also just think that it provides such an incredible opportunity for us to have kind of a new voice, mm-hmm. an authentic voice. And I, I, you know how I feel, John, about corporate speak and how buttoned <laughs> up everything is and how it's just devoid of adjectives Emojis, and adverbs. It's devoid of all those That's things. what I'm saying, though. That's exactly it. We don't want to be robots when we go like into a social media space. Nobody wants to hear somebody who's completely buttoned up. They want to they want to talk and meet with someone who's real. So I am I am giving you permission. Go back into your drawer, grab all of those adjectives that your <laughs> higher up administrators have told you we need to cut the fluff out of this. You need to employ them and deploy them <laughs> into your social media strategy. Use those emojis again humanize yourself. And it's such an easy way to do it. Find your boomers where they are, find your Gen Zers. We wouldn't expect everyone to reply or engage with us in the same way. So you really have to diversify that. Okay. So if you remember when we were like a baby podcast, right? Episode one was Julia Campbell, which was, she's such a powerhouse. Yeah. And we were such imposters then. (laughs) We still Still are are. imposters, (laughs) but that's okay. But Julia is the ultimate storyteller connector on social media. She's heck, she's written the book on it. Literally. She has. But she's given us five strategies. I just want to lift those because it's been a while since we talked through them. When you're targeting different groups of generations, one, laser focus on the age that you're talking to. You're not just talking to a black hole. Two, research the places where these groups spend time online and off. Obviously, a lot of that's online right now, um, but there are communities all of us associate with. Three, this is kind of basic, but determine what you want them to do. Do you have an end goal? Do you have a call to action in mind? Four, focus on the issue rather than the organization. Oh, I love that one. I know, right? What are you actually trying to accomplish? People, especially the younger demographics, are not looking to preserve organizations, but they are really, really tied into causes. 
Okay. And number five, I love this. Understand your different communications channels and then play to those strengths, right? What we post on Instagram is not what we post on LinkedIn. It's, right. It could be the same content, but you need to retool it and think about how you can really leverage those channels to fully maximize and engage with people. Love those. Julia Campbell's so smart. I just love I her. Julia, come back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to come on Julia. Stay yeah, tuned. There is. So our fourth trend is mental health is critical. Very critical. And if you've listened to any number of our podcasts, you know that this is really almost one of the legs of the stool for our company is that we don't just want to provide you great content. We want to care about you and support you as a human being, as an individual. And so I just really think this is a time to go check on your people and check on yourselves. Depression, isolation, and anxiety are at an all-time high. So I just think we need to walk gently with our staff and check in often. I thought the Chronicle did a great piece that came out. I think it was their first piece for 2021. And they talked about checking in on the mental health of fundraisers. And they just lamented the fact that we've so long been overworked and underpaid. And then you bring in 2020 and there's this just a whole new heap of stressors. And so we are here for you. Um, we see your struggle. We understand that you have been under immense pressure to bring in money to support programs and to prevent layoffs. Um, remote work has brought in its own sort of stressors and breaking down kind of the boundaries, the work-life boundaries that we've tried to put on ourselves. So if you are someone who is caught up in any of this, I really encourage you to go back to maybe episode 38 um, which is Dr. Amanda Burke, who is a psychologist. And she literally, we had her the Monday after the election because we thought that that would just be such a heavy time. Um, and she gives some great tips on how to work on your mental health, how to do some self-care. I think the other person that did that so well was Cynthia Gregory, Cynthia. which was episode 44. And here's a storyteller you know, that is really tapping in and figuring out a way to process her feelings through writing. And she's got some great tips on that. So we understand the challenges that are extremely tough, especially, honestly, for minority fundraisers, who in a year when racial injustice was such a prolific topic, they had to be caught in the intersection of multiple crises. And so we see you all, no matter what space you're in, please take care of yourself. We've got some resources. I know Amanda Burke um, on her episode, if you'll go to the show notes, she has a worksheet. Um, take care of yourselves. We care about you. We want you to thrive. And I think Kishana did an amazing job of that too. Yeah, if you she haven't did. listened right. to her episode this week, she talks about how she loves to see professionals come alive and that's from being pushed into a box so long of their life. So yep. Yep. love that story. Um, okay. The last one, fifth thing, innovation. If you're not innovating by now, you know this already. You are falling behind, my friend. Yep. So nonprofits need to hear this, but it is not just innovation doesn't have to be this thing in space that we can't really quantify. It's literally just looking with a fresh set of eyes. The mindsets that we talk about channeling our growth mindset saying, it's okay that I don't have all the answers, but I'm here to figure them out and I'm here to try new things and not just do things the way we've always done them. Um, there's some ways that we would encourage you to get started. We've got some, we curate professionals every multiple times of the week. So I hope you can find it here of people doing things differently or looking through the world through a different lens, but we all need that encouragement. A couple of conversations that I want to lift is Wednesday's episode that just dropped was Adrian Owen Jones. If you haven't listened to her yet, she's going to challenge you to use data in this way. 
But if you don't know where to start innovating, start by looking at your data and seeing what the data is telling you to do, because it's probably going to give you some pathways, ask some good questions and figure out where you can really plug in and kind of make some adjustments for this year. And, you know, I think about our friends that are in the social services space right now and nonprofit. And I mean, these are nonprofits that had to pivot immediately, almost overnight, to be able to deliver services to the people among us who need them the most. And I think one of the another episode, I think that showed some really great innovation in a very quick turnaround was Feeding Tampa Bay, which was episode fourteen and what they did to innovate the Tampa community around making sure that no one went hungry during the lockdown. And I just love this topic because. We need everyone, our administrators, our volunteers, our key donors' support and encouragement to go into these new spaces, to have our backs as we're going to try to innovate it. And I think this opportunity is here. Leaders know right now that we've got to try some different stuff. And so we're committed in this company to bringing you innovation every single time we hit play on that, um, on that mic, because we know that we have got to continue updating and elevating our game because we don't want to be Kodak. We don't (laughs) want to be Blockbuster. So I love that you brought up feeding Tampa Bay because I remember when they were sharing with us, right? People were trying to respond, trying to figure out what to do with COVID. And they were like, no, we've got this, you know, we are ready because of the hurricanes and they were already had these procedures in place. They were already game time ready. Let me turn the tables on that. You are ready. You have been through 2020. You've had your training grounds. You've had your time to pivot. This is your time to be ready for whatever 2021 throws at us. Because we know we're going to need that, right? I feel like that was a huge mic drop moment. (laughs) The mic's still connected, so don't worry, everyone. It's so true, though. We have been through this. You know, they're, they're... Let's be honest. There are things that are happening in 2021 that we did not see coming already. It's it's not even been two weeks. However, you have got this. We know know how to go into this brave new world. We are going to give you the tools. Come here. (laughs) Go research. Get your professional development in. Continue to grow. Continue to listen. Continue to lean into new ideas and strategies. That is how you will survive and thrive. So we can't wait to hear all the incredible things that you're doing. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we want to cultivate it, lift it up, maybe have a conversation with you about it on the podcast. Sharing is caring. Have a great Friday. Thanks so much for tuning in to part two of the 10 greatest opportunities for growth in 2021. We're cheering you on as you challenge your teams to dive deep and innovate. Did you know every week we share our best roundup of content, freebies, and notes heard on each episode? Head over to weareforgood.com slash hello to join our mailing list, and you'll hear from us weekly with resources and tips to help you do more for your mission. If you loved what you heard today, would you stop what you're doing and hit subscribe? It helps more people find us and join our community. Thanks, friends. I'm Julie Comfer, our producer, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Thanks for being here. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. 
We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.